I'm Haley B. Miller, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends. Welcome to a special episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the year in review edition. This week, we're dissecting everything that happened in 2023, from a speaker coup and train derailment to universal vouchers and recreational pot. And we had a couple small elections in there, too. Joining me today is the dynamic duo, Jesse Balmert and Laura Bischoff. Hello, hello. Happy holidays. All right, so this year wasn't really that interesting, right? We can just stop now, (laughs) call it a day. (laughs) Odd year elections, getting spicy. All right, so let's do a quick highlight reel. We started off the year with Jason Stevens becoming House Speaker and a surprise vote that pretty much broke Republicans. A Norfolk Southern train derailed in East Palestine and spilled toxic chemicals. Lawmakers passed a new state budget. Larry Householder and Matt Borges went to prison. Ohio voters legalized weed and abortion access and got a lesson in constitutional law. Is that everything? I'm tired. Yeah, that's that's the quick highlight reel. There's a lot to unpack there, though. Yeah. So I just rattled off a lot of pretty big stories like of those, which do you think was the most important or did we see sort of a theme coming out of 2023? I think one of the themes that we saw was voters pushing back against policies that have been passed by Republican lawmakers or ideas that have been pitched by Republican lawmakers who control the entire legislative process in Ohio. So obviously, we had an election in August where they were attempting to make it harder to amend the Constitution. That was rejected. And then we fast forward to November where voters approved both an abortion rights amendment and a legal marijuana uh, law. And those are both policies that Republican lawmakers have been pushing for decades. So you're really seeing this um, backlash against some of the policies that have been passed at the state house from the actual voters. I would say those those three votes um, probably represent the biggest pushback on Republicans' power since Senate Bill 5. Is it Senate Bill 5? The anti-collective bargaining mm, yeah. uh, vote what, that was like 2011. So it was like a, that was definitely a big, big statement by the voters. And I think all eyes were on the abortion vote in particular. And obviously the August election essentially happened because of the abortion vote. But we were the only state directly voting on abortion access in 2023. And I think states like Florida are were looking to Ohio as a roadmap for next year on how they can get something like this passed in a red state. Yeah, it's hard to underscore how big of a victory this was for abortion rights advocates in Ohio who really have been getting loss after loss after loss at the state house and then most recently at the U.S. Supreme Court with Roe v. Wade being overturned. We had the ban on most abortions, which took effect for a couple months there that sent people out of state. We had headlines about the 10-year-old who was seeking an abortion in Indiana. And so, and also if Ohio had not passed this, it ultimately passed about 57% of the vote. It's likely that the national groups that were funding this were going to go to another state. They have a lot of different states that are voting on this issue. And it was going to be a while before anyone felt like spending money, big money in Ohio on this issue again. And so it was important for them, both for, you know, the changes that it might mean for healthcare and access to abortion in Ohio, but just politically, strategically, it would have been a long time before we had to vote on this again. Now, 
I mentioned Householder and Borges and definitely don't want to gloss over that. You guys spent six weeks in Cincinnati for this trial. Huge public corruption case. I mean, what was the takeaway there? Well, let's refresh uh, just, you know, federal prosecutors convicted Householder of orchestrating this massive pay to play scheme in which he traded uh, $61 million in bribes paid out by Akron based First Energy in the form of political donations in exchange for a $1.3 billion bailout for First Energy's um, nuclear power plants. And uh, this is this is like the largest bribery case in Ohio history. It's one of the largest in the country. And I think that the big takeaway is that it was a, it was a big pushback on pay-to-play politics and the use of dark money. The prosecutors were able to convince the jurors that uh, this was not politics as usual, that this crossed a line. And um, so I think it, it might put a chill on the use of dark money and maybe uh, put up a caution flag for politicians going forward. But I think whether or not that lesson is learned and that caution flag is, you know, seen is yet to be seen. Like, we, we don't know if, it, if they've actually learned the lesson. Maybe in the coming years, we, it'll be clear. Yeah, I think it's easy for the average person sitting at home to be a little disconnected from this story because maybe they don't know who Larry Householder is, though he is a really fascinating political figure with a really fascinating political history. But this is one of the three most prominent people in Ohio politics. Like if you know the governor, it's really the Senate president and the Speaker of the House. And the bill that was passed would have impacted the energy rates you're your bills for Ohioans across the state. And so it's really how these policies and how this kind of corrupt scheme was going to affect you, your pocketbook, and just, you know, the desire for people to do things the right way in Columbus. Yeah. Now, both of them are appealing their convictions. Do you think they have any hope of getting anywhere with that? TBD. You know, we'll see. The Department of Justice um, just recently brought charges against Sam Randazzo, the former chairman of the of the Public Utilities Commission of Ohio. This is like the entity that regulates um, utilities. And they say that he took a bribe, a $4.3 million bribe from First Energy just before going on as the chair of the PUCO. And, and then in a separate scheme that he embezzled about a million dollars from his clients, his, um, his, it, he was, he's a longtime energy um, uh, attorney. And, uh, anyways, he, he has pled not guilty to those 11 counts and we'll see how that indictment, whether or not there's more indictments coming, the federal prosecutors say that they're still working on the case and they're going to follow the evidence where it leads. So the householder case, this, this is a jumping off from the householder case. A lot of the same players, the same allegations, the whole house bill six, this big bailout bill all plays into that Randazzo um, indictment. So do you guys feel like that was the biggest story of 2023? Was it abortion, all the above, none of the above? Gosh, there have been so many big stories this year. I really do think the takeaway from 2023 is going to be the pushback that the voters had. Um, I think that had the largest impact across the state. I think it is going to make people think twice about what policies they pass or at least you know, be aware that there is potentially a consequence to passing policies that are deeply unpopular. I mean, I think the householder story was enormously important um, for just the pushback on public corruption. I also think that the work that we did on the shining a light on what happens inside of 
juvenile detention centers and youth prisons in Ohio was really important work. Those centers um, house more than a thousand kids on any given night, and they don't get a lot of scrutiny. And when we when we pulled back the curtain, we found just enormous levels of violence and trauma and injuries and um, just a lot of problems. Yeah, that was really important reporting. And I would maybe, I don't think this is the most important story of the year, but I would circle back to the House Speaker vote and just point out how much that has influenced the first year of this legislative session. They really haven't done much. There's just been a pretty big fracture among House Republicans. And then there's some tension between House leadership and Senate leadership because Senate President Matt Huffman and House Speaker Jason Stevens might be running for the same job next year. So it's just been kind of messy. I mean, they did pass this two-year budget that had a lot of policy in it, the you know overhaul to how public education is overseen and that kind of thing. But it's just, it's been a weird year for them. It's been a long time since Ohio had divided government in which, you know, the House was held by the Democrats briefly. And in that in that time period, they didn't get very many bills through. And what's what's funny about this is that like the Republicans, you know, they control all three branches of government. But because of that personal divide where Stevens, um, you know, had help from the Democrats to become speaker, it's almost like a divided government again. Yeah, I think a really good example of how this has played out has been on uh, the marijuana issue. And since issue two took effect, Ohioans can have a grow a certain number of marijuana plants and the tax rate is a certain rate and it's going to certain places. But there has been a desire from both the Senate and the governor's office to change how that works and a, a little bit of a desire from the House to change how that works. But trying to get people to agree on all of these many different topics has just proved really unsuccessful. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, continues into next year. So a lot of what we just talked about, a lot of the big stories in 2023 were pretty serious issues, but some strange things also happened this year. And Laura, I think a story you wrote might take the cake for the weirdest. Oh, you're talking about the Pringles pooper. Yes. So yeah, this uh, criminal defense attorney over in Eastern Ohio, he got his law license suspended by the Ohio Supreme Court because he defecated into a Pringles can and then dropped it in the parking lot of a um, like a crime victims domestic violence center. And weird, the weird twist in it is that his his defense was, oh, I wasn't really targeting that particular center. I do this prank on the regular like at least 10 times that year. I don't know that that really worked for him because now he has a suspended law license. And became internet famous in Ohio. Oh, beyond. Like Stephen Colbert did a bit on it. Our first and finest here. <laughs> I was trying to think of another example of a really strange story, and I just I couldn't think of anything that topped that one. Nothing topped the Pringles can. Nothing came close, but here's my best attempt of stories that I covered this year. There was a Republican lawmaker who thought for a second that the response to issue one, the abortion rights amendment, was to try to essentially overthrow the judicial branch in Ohio, trying to put the authority of issue one and and the impact of it underneath the legislative branch. And when I first saw this press release, I was like, is this, is this real? 
are we really doing this? And so it took a couple of days for um, Speaker Stevens to actually answer reporters' questions about this and said that this was schoolhouse rocks type stuff and that there are separation between the different branches of government. So we, we solved this with schoolhouse rocks. That that was a good quote. One of, one of my favorite quotes of the year, I think. Is there a story or topic that you guys really enjoyed working on this year, either strange or important? I thought a story that uh, Haley and I were able to work together on uh, talking to different folks at the Ohio Secretary of State's office or former employees there and also just Board of Elections folks about some of the struggles with that office as far as staffing and the impact or potential impact on the election operations was um, impactful, interesting, provided some insight into how things were working there. There was also a lot of fallout of uh, getting out of this ERIC, which was kind of a cooperative of different states to, you know, make sure the voter rolls are correct and up to date. And it'll be interesting to see if there's any fallout from that going forward as we hit a presidential year, just a major election. I think in general, 2023 was an important year for election administration in Ohio. You had those couple stories. And then we had new voter ID laws taking effect from the legislation that was passed the year prior. We've seen some lawsuits over that. And just in general, I think the lear- the learning curve for that still continues because there are a lot of Ohio voters who didn't turn out this year and aren't going to until next year's presidential race. Haley, what was your favorite story that you wrote this year? All the election stuff was really interesting to cover. It's also been fascinating to watch the issue to unfold the legalization of marijuana, I think, to some extent. This was inevitable, even though lawmakers really don't like this policy. It's clear Ohio voters do. And it's been a bit of a mess, especially these past few weeks. And I think that's it's going to get even more complicated into next year. I felt like this year was really uh, for me as a reporter, a longtime reporter. I thought it was just like such a great year because I started out covering the householder trial with Jesse down in Cincinnati. And that was it was just such a great opportunity to cover just one trial for such a long time with such, you know, a big impact. And then I ended the year with the publication of the Youth Prison Project, which I felt was really important work. All right, let's wrap up the episode and the year with some predictions for 2024. Obviously, there's a presidential race happening. Senator Sherrod Brown is running for re-election, which puts Ohio at the center of the fight for control of the U.S. Senate next year. The legislature will maybe decide what to do with marijuana. What are you guys going to be watching for? I think uh, fallout from issue one, I think there's going to be a number of abortion bans and regulations that are going to come off the books or be permanently blocked because of this new constitutional language. The first one to go is obviously going to be this ban on most abortions, which some the supporters call the heartbeat bill. Another thing that I'm going to be watching is whether I'll be covering redistricting for the third round in a row. If this uh, particular constitutional amendment gets on the ballot, if it passes, we could have different maps for 2022, 2024, and 2026. Redistricting, it's like the ultimate whack-a-mole game. It is the song that never ends. (laughs) I'll be watching uh, how this uh, Randazzo indictment turns out and if there's going to be more indictments from federal prosecutors um, you know, just stands a reason that if you got the guys who ran the bribery scheme and took the bribes, that you would also go after 
the people who orchestrated and paid the bribes. I mentioned this in the newsletter this week, too, but all I can think about right now, even though it's a full year from now, is how horrible lame duck is going to be next year. Because the legislature, as we said, not that productive this year, and they tend to be even less productive in an election year. I also think we have to give a hat tip to probably what's going to be the most chaotic, the high profile political race of next year, and that is Senator Sherrod Brown versus whichever Republican emerges from this field. Definitely all eyes will be on Ohio for that. And one final thing before you go. Thank you to everyone who listened to OPE this year, and thank you for being patient with me as I got used to hosting. If you find OPE helpful or interesting, consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We hope you have a happy holiday and new year. We will see you in 2024. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Ohio Explained. 